You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win podcast. This is Ben Wolf, as always, your host. I'm uh, very excited to be welcoming my guest today on the topic of being a better negotiator. Uh, he is a, a returning guest uh, on this podcast. Uh, he's an expert EOS implementer, a certified Black Swan trainer. Uh, you can find out more about him and all of his work at o4g.com. That's letter O, number four, letter G.com. With that, I give you and welcome back, Jonathan Smith. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be a boomerang back on the show. That's right. It's at least the third time, I believe. Uh, and it's it's always a, a pleasure to have you on because I don't know if people remember things this long, but Jonathan was my EOS implementer and the leadership team that I was on for three years from 2016 to 2019. Uh, so considered a mentor and just an honor to be able to learn from Jonathan and and be talking again here today and especially on this topic of negotiation. So I just want to jump right in if I can and uh, ask you to first give just like a two minutes of background information, just like sort of where you came from, how you got to be here today, talking about a very different topic than what we talked about last time, you know, which is the negotiation topic, but just sort of a little quick background so we have context for what we're going to be talking about. Well, I um, feel pretty lucky I got to be an entrepreneur. So I, I identify myself as an entrepreneur and I got worked on Wall Street and worked in a big six accounting firm at the time, got a bunch of training, but really wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I changed and became an entrepreneur like in the year 2000, um, was on a leadership team, owner of a business. Ultimately, we used the OS in that business in like 2005. I was Gina's second or third, third client. Wow. Um, in fact, uh, in 2013, I became an implementer done about 150 implementations and then in 2014 i think i met chris voss before the book never split the difference uh before anyone knew who he was i didn't even know i was helping him with a negotiation on a on a situation he had in abu dhabi and i happened to have relationships in the uae and was able to help him i didn't know i was going to help the world world's best negotiator negotiate something in abu dhabi but i was i met him through like a they have a club called the Tower Club in D.C., which is kind of like a university club or like the Harvard Club or the Yale Club. And everyone sort of congregates there. If you had wanted to have breakfast with someone, you just say, I'm going to the Tower Club. So uh, I built my EOS practice. Chris became an EOS client of mine. Sort of, I claim to be the architect of Chris's Black Swan Group from a business standpoint, not mm -hmm. the content. And um, in that course of time, I've actually had the, the honor of getting trained in um, black swan skills, the tactical empathy skills, and uh, today can coach those skills. Well, it's very cool. I mean, I, I guess one thing that comes to mind for me when I think of, you know, when I think of learning negotiation, when I think of small and mid-sized business owners is that, okay, maybe it's like a luxury a nice to have sort of a, a, like a nice icing on the cake. Like, is that, is that mistaken? Like, what have you seen that's given you a different impression about the importance I guess, or criticalness on a practical life of a business owner and their life or their business in terms of negotiation skills. I think every conversation is a negotiation. Hmm. So we all have conversations. Wouldn't it be better 
wouldn't we all be better off to be able to communicate better? And uh, Chris often looks at me and laughs and says, you know, you've had a total mindset shift now that you're using tactical empathy in more parts of your life. So I just engage in the world in a different way. And uh, it's quite an amazing experience. I don't think it's a luxury. I think it's, you know, a skill, an opportunity to get better, an opportunity to engage the, in the world with, uh, I don't know, just be more engaged with the world, I guess. What have you seen, like, maybe an example or a story, like what have you seen in the way that you engage with the world? I don't know whether your personal life, business life, anything, like what are some ways that you've seen that that makes a difference or like what it looks like without or what it looks like with with those tactical empathy skills? So I had a certified EOS implementer who happened to be down in uh, down in New York and wanted to meet with me. So he had gone to, we had... Um, Black Swan coaching once a year with certified EOS implementers at our quarterly collaborative exchange. Chris did the first one. We're going to do another one in February. Mm. So the, a lot of the implementers have engaged in this content. I've generally been the leader of that. And so he was with me. We were at lunch and the woman who was the general manager came over and we've all had this conversation. She's like, hi, how are you? How's your food? And, and her expectation is good. Yeah, thank you. Please leave me alone. I want to continue my conversation. So instead of doing that, I said, oh, it's wonderful. And, and by the way, what's your name? So I asked her her name. And then the, the conversation went to, oh, how did you get that name? So her name was Therese. I, I couldn't hear it at first. So I said, oh, can you spell it? Because it was loud. And it wasn't, wasn't a number, name I was expecting. To which when I asked her how she got the name, she went from like one side of the table to the other side of the table around set, you know, stood next to me, put her arm on my shoulder and proceeded to tell me all the great things were happening at the restaurant and that I should come back. And when I come back, ask for her by, per, by name, she'll give me the best table in the place. And that was literally by asking her name and then asking her how she got her name and then listening. So uh, I've my life is different. I would have just said like, Oh, thank you very much. Please be on your way. Like, we're not unhappy with any of our food. Right. Wow. And, and how about in, how about in any of the businesses you've been involved in or your clients where, where you've seen, I guess, what, what, what these kind of tactical empathy techniques or negotiation skills have played into that and make a real difference in real life. Well, so one of the things that as an EOS implementer, we are a teacher, a coach, and a facilitator. And the facilitation piece is, I think, where the money is made. Hmm. And so I've had multiple facilitate different types of facilitation coaches. And my feeling was that being a better negotiator in a session would help me become a better facilitator. And the issue is that negotiation is a depreciable skill. So you have to practice those skills. Mm. And so the example I gave at the restaurant is an example of low stakes practice. Um, mm. Higher stakes practice would be an example. I was in a room, everyone's checking in. They're all like only checking in on the positive things. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there were two private equity operating partners in the room and the CFO didn't come to the quarterly meeting. Mm. And 
in that case, I use what we call an accusations audit. And I said, you're not going to like what I have to say. You're going to think that I'm really being super critical. You think you may think I'm out of line. But the reality is you all checked in very positively. And by the way, the CFO is not here and he's not performing. And there's a reason why the private equity guys are here. And with that, the entire tenor of the day changed. I had I didn't have to say much. Everyone stood up at attention. The, the issues were, were addressed and that changed the, the entire day just using 30 seconds of tactical empathy to, to get the room clear on what was important. Within 30 seconds, the um, CEO had a text from the two private equity guys. That's the reason that Jonathan's in the room, right? I know they're not supposed to use their phones in the room. I can't stop him. So um, for, that, for that, for that particular text, you'll make an exception. I would make an exception. So it's those kind of high stakes negotiations where, you know, your life depends on it. Like the business life depends on being able to have whatever the right conversations are. I, right. I'm not responsible for exactly how the business is running, but I am responsible for helping them have the most productive, open, healthy conversations they can. So I use the skills for that purpose. Right. Feels like you have all this artifice that's sort of built up and you just sort of dropped up just through observations of things that were obvious in a way you just dropped a you know bomb into the room and just kind of broke all those artifices you know and all that artificial positivity you know i'm not talking about the real stuff that matters yeah and like in the five dysfunctions of a team um, they talk about artificial harmony so we had artificial harmony and uh Somehow, you know, one of the things with a facilitator is a facilitator really does two things. They observe. So I observed what the situation was, and then they're an intervention. So I intervened, but I intervened using tactical empathy because I could have I don't know, yelled and screamed at them and say, you're not telling the truth. How dare you not, you know, call out what's really going on. And instead I like set them up with a accusations audit and then just sort of dropped the bomb and said, you know, these guys aren't here for for their health. They're here for the business's health. And right. um, they haven't been here before. So why don't we why don't we get into the meat of what's really going on? Right. And I, I heard two parts to that. First, you set up their expectations to hear something bad, which I do remember from Never Split the Difference. And then and then you, you know, and then you, you that accusations audit. I just didn't remember that term share if you can like maybe like the the one most useful or most commonly useful skill i know you know it's a large repertoire toolkit i'm sure of skills that you know uh, but what's what's one technique that you could like teach anybody who's watching or listening to this now uh, from these negotiation techniques or type of tactical empathy techniques uh, that people can use in their lives or in their businesses now so one of the simplest techniques that we've used. And I, and so as an example, I use this at a, at a fundraising dinner I went to that I didn't want to go to, but my wife wanted to go to, like, we all go to these events where you're like, oh, it's a networking event and I don't really want to be here, but I'm here. So I might as well make the best of it. And so you end up talking to someone and there's, we just have a, a concept called a mirror. So you say one to three of the last three word, three words of a sentence that someone's mm -hmm. said. And so we had um, 
we have a student who she wasn't good at mirrors. And what she decided to do at a networking event was to walk around and only mirror people. And by the end of the time, she was the most, in, she was the most interesting person in the room. Because all she did was look, listen, you know, we say stay right. curious and mirror people and mirror. And I say the last one to three words, it's really like one to three words that are important that will get them to sort of continue on with their conversation. So that's a really simple technique. Yeah. If you went to a networking event, you could, you could try. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great example. And it is great in its simplicity. Could, could you give an example of, uh, of like a statement and a, and a, and a mirror to that statement or a statement that someone makes and that you're listening to. And, and then that... <laughs> there you go. See, I didn't even, ah, <laughs> uh, you got me statement. Yeah, there you go. That's, 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 a, a that's the most concise example you could give. Right. But then you started explaining to me what right. you meant by statement. And I use an upward inflection when I said it. And then all of a sudden you right. continued. And you would have question. continued if you didn't look at my face and go like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a, okay. Great example. It's, it's about, you know, I'm asking for like a story or example and you, you do one word and it is, that is the story or example. Um, <clears throat> I, I appreciate that. I, I guess, what are some times, I guess, when let, let's take this, let's take this example of the of the mirroring the last one to three important words to get someone to continue without having to like i don't know ask long questions what did you mean by that and then you're yeah. like oh, i feel like at Small. that point you feel interrogated as opposed to me going statement oh he was clearly listening to me now but he didn't understand that piece so i'm gonna now clarify right. it because the the urge to correct is is um irresistible for people so yeah you go you go yeah you just get the person to go on and on and we'll get to learn more and more and more which could be useful useful information and when um, we say learn we we call that the black swan things people drop things that you wouldn't know otherwise and the black swan is some piece of information that helps you continue to understand them better or improve your negotiation Drop those black swans. Uh, how, how did you, 2014, I think you said, how did you get connected? Oh, you, you mentioned this Abu Dhabi thing. How did he get connected with you? Like, what's the story of how you became a black swan tr certified trainer? Like, how, how did that whole thing happen? So Chris described the story. We're at the Tower Club and there's this guy who kind of holds court at the Tower Club. And he's like, Chris, Jonathan, you two should talk. And then he walked away and Chris like, What's that guy? So Sid connected us. I got to know Chris. He told me he had this issue in Abu Dhabi. I had operations in Abu Dhabi at the time. It's not a, you know, it's a relatively small town if you're dealing in the security sector. I actively tried to help Chris, asking for nothing, just, you know, help first core value. Um, he took me out on his boat in dc so with he had some folks in from abu dhabi he took me out on his boat we got to be friends he kept asking me about eos he's like i don't understand what is it that you do you keep helping me but what do you do we started eos we made a whole bunch of progress um, we are in the process of writing a book that's like what the heck is tactical empathy like what the heck is eos but mm -hmm. what the heck like the 
missing manual for never split the difference. So we've been working on it for a while. We've had a couple of false starts with it. And in the process of writing that book, I've learned more and more and more about um, tactical empathy or the, the black swan skills. And um, I'm just fascinated by it. So I find it you know, fascinating and I've committed myself to learning the skills and then it makes me better EOS implementer. It's, that's, you know, it's, it's definitely a distinct set of skills to be in the room and have both expert EOS implementer skills and the ability to facilitate a conversation with black swan is uh, you know, it's a winning combination. Would you say that's, I mean, is that the, the most, I don't know, useful of the, of the facilitation skills that you've picked up over the years or the trainings that you've gotten? Or is it a mix? I think facilitation is a trade, right? And so like I needed to understand. So when I told you earlier that a facilitator is um, an observe, observe, it's a facilitation about observation and intervention that came from Dr. Dino Signori. So mm -hmm. we started with him. He's a, uh, as a PhD in organizational development. And he gave me the academic view. So I think, you know, Mary Pat Knight too, she's my mm -hmm. EQ coach. And so she gives me the EQ view. Mm. And then Chris gave All me the tactical empathy view. Like, I don't think it's one is necessarily sufficient by itself. Just like layers of, and now I'm working with a tone coach, working on tone, like an acting coach to work on tone. I, it needs my tone. Was a thing. It. Uh, well, it's tone is part of tactical empathy, and I want to get better at it. So I have an acting coach to help me with tone. So it's fascinating. You, you grow, or, grow or die. Grow or die. Did you mention before? What did you call an accusation audit? Accusations audit. What is right. it? Accusations audit. What does that mean? Accusations audit is I'm basically going to try to say what you're thinking, negative thoughts that you're thinking in your head before you say them to me. So if I like accusations against yourself or against other people could be anything. That's a good question. I've never answered that question that way, but the, the accusations audit is like, I think you're thinking this. So I'm going to say this. You probably think I'm greedy. You probably think I'm going to try to, leave nothing on the table for you. Like all these things that if you're in a contentious right. negotiation, people would think about. So it now- takes the, takes the wind out of the feeling when you are unashamed to just say it. You just say it, you're acknowledging how they're feeling. So now they're like, wait, wait do, you, do you have a plug and you can see what's in my head? So you walk, to, like, so the example would be when I did the example in the session, it was like, I wanted them to know that I might be out of line. Like you might think I'm out of line because like, I, I, I wasn't really comfortable saying, Hey, by the way, these, these guys from the private equity firm are here and no one mentioned that. And by the way, you're being babysat right now. Cause they don't trust you. <laughs> yes. That's what I was basically saying. Right. And everyone was thinking it, but no one wanted to say it, but I wanted the private equity guys to know that I wasn't just going, look at these jerks coming into this room and messing up our, our meeting. Like that would not have worked. So I acknowledged that they were there and I acknowledged why we probably thought they were there and which then created a whole conversation around how everyone felt, but it neutralized the negative. So I think of it as like, 
if you know noise canceling, yeah. you're basically emotion canceling the negative with an accusations audit. Wow. That's me being a, like a physics guy, but um, engineer. Well, I don't know physics, but I, I get the analogy. That's uh, that's it. That's a great point. I mean, you take away the power of the, of that negativity. I mean, you do two things. I mean, one is you take, as you said, you cancel it out in a way you take away the power of it by acknowledging it and making it open. And it's not this like this thing that we can't talk about and that we're, we're sort of scared or angry about. Uh, but it also, as you said, opens up the conversation to talk about real things. Yeah. And like the, the weird thing is the first time you do it, you're like, but I might be giving away something. Like I might be giving away my advantage. Like they're already thinking it. So like, why don't you put it out there? Right. It's like a different You're way. You're not introducing think. anything new. You're not like, I never would have thought of that objection if you hadn't <laughs> mentioned it just now out loud. I can't believe this guy, you know, disrespected me or whatever. You probably, probably feel disrespected, whatever, if that's what they were feeling. Right. Like, that's right. I do feel disrespected, you know, and they'll actually tell you. Right. And we're not afraid of having, like, that's what tactical empathy is about. We're not afraid to go deal with how people are feeling. We, we want to understand how they're feeling so we can, we can come up with a deal that works. Right. Well, definitely I recommend everybody read it. I read it, really enjoyed it and plan to reread it soon. Uh, Never split the difference by Chris Voss. Uh, I know one thing I was really curious about, it was not everybody can afford to, or it makes sense to retain the black Swan group to consult on negotiation tactics and skills and training or consultation. Uh, but I, I know one thing I heard about is this fireside chat or this black swan network uh, that people can join. What exactly is that? What's its purpose? Who's it for? So it's uh, we call it the black swan network and it's powered by fireside chat. So okay. it's interesting. It's like the modern day fan club. So where you used to write in and like, you know, they'd send you back like a t-shirt or Michael something. Ja for I was a member at 10 years old. I was the member of the Michael Jackson fan club and like, like, I don't know, or like eight years old, I don't know, 1981 or 83 or something. I was Michael Jackson fan club member, but anyway. So yeah. think of it as the modern day fan club. So we have this issue where we have this super premium product offering. We have coaching, we have in-person events, we have, keynote speeches but you know as you said not everyone can afford that and what we decided to do was partner with the fireside chat to create the black swan network so on a weekly roughly a couple times a month basis we will have our coaches uh, available to um, present on a tactical empathy related topic once a month roughly chris comes on he was on with uh, mark cuban last week hmm. So it was awesome to see Chris with Mark. Um, I got to be part of putting that, arranging that and meeting Mark. Um, Mark's a really cool guy. He's a great entrepreneur and just really easy to get along with. Really, he is what he, he is what he looked, you know, he, mm -hmm. what you see is what you get with Mark. So um, he was amazing. And the idea is like, how do we get more people involved with tactical empathy? And the cool thing about, the platform is that you can actually come up on stage, like virtual stage, and ask a question of of the coach or of Chris at that time while while the uh, 
while the event is going. Um, so that that's the idea. That's why we created it. It was an easier way to, instead of having to travel all over the place to meet all these folks, it was a more accessible and affordable way to uh, to, to share the knowledge. Right. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, you know, with, with any set of intellectual property and, and knowledge, knowledge-based, uh, you know, business training skills, to have that option of, you know, there's something between the book and the expensive services, right? So right. That, that people could still access much more than they can with the book uh, and access and be with other people who were also trying to learn and improve in the same things. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I love those kind of models. Yeah. We're fortunate to be teamed with, uh, the, the team at fireside and, uh, have some amazing coaches who, uh, can present the skills. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, listen, Jonathan, I really appreciate you making the time for this conversation, teaching about mirroring and some of the other tactical empathy skills and, uh, accusations, audits, and, uh, you know, and, and a very interesting background and Mark Cuban and the stories and everything. Really appreciate. And uh, thank you for coming out and sharing this. Thanks. Thanks, Ben. Keep up the great work. Proud to see all, all that you've accomplished. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, and I'll hopefully see you again soon. And uh, we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thanks. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.